Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club podcast. We are your weekly comic book reading club that features what? Comic books. Comic books. First issues. Oh, first issues of comic books. And just like Sue Storm, we enjoy a good read. That's why we do said podcast about first issues. As always, each of us has come locked and loaded with a fresh number one in our brains (laughs) and have tons of takes ready to gush out of our mouths. What a what a way to put that. Yep. Uh, but however, <laughs> caveat, folks, we're going to be talking about comic book news, exciting trends <laughs> in the industry. We have to ramble for about twenty minutes before we get to the meat and potatoes of what you want. Yep. Um, like any good podcast, mm-hmm. we don't just do what you want at the top of the episode. No, we got to talk about our lives. <laughs> I am Mike D. I'm Greg, and I am Vargas. And let's get this ship a-rollin' toot-toot. There's a new Punisher, and we don't know who it is yet. Early rumors are it may be Deathlock, or it may be Nick Fury. Oh, what did Deathlock show up in recently that I... Mm, Was he in that Taskmaster? He was in Savage Avengers. Savage Avengers. David Pepos. Yes. And it was... Was that the one where it was... Yeah, it was an alternate Miles Morales. Yes, because they were going through time. Yes, they were. That was a, such a great series. Awesome series. Um, so he was there. And Ooh. he's been all over the place. Deathlock as Punisher. I, bu- I mean, I buy it character-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the, another front runner is Drax. Oh, that would be kind of fun. Which that um, kind of gives Marvel a, a clever loophole. It's not a, a quote-unquote human Using guns for vengeance. It's an alien. Yeah. Using space laser guns. Uh-huh. And would he do it on like a planetary scale probably? Maybe. Or just come to Earth. <laughs> I think that's fun to do that in outer space. Yeah. I for mean, sure. Cosmic Ghost Riders kind of the same You're going to have people who are like, this isn't the essence of a Punisher comic book, but... But they're 55 and almost dead anyway, so... <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean... Like, people can do something fun with a character name, and it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that the thing you like will never happen again. Yeah. I like this idea. I like it like a... It's like a mantle now to be passed down. Yeah. Passed down. A new Punisher. Um, and I'm excited to see who it is. Uh, I'm excited that we're leaving the old idea of what the Punisher is and what it represents behind, possibly? I don't uh-huh. know that that's going to be the case. Do you think so? I think I've... it'll be less gun bullet revenge and more space lasers shooting fun. I I think it's a great idea to leave Frank Castle in the past. Mm-hmm. Like, move on beyond... He's tired. Yeah, he's he's... Past his prime in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. The the world has evolved beyond the traditional Punisher that sort of yeah. character. The yeah. vibe's yeah. off. The vibe he does not pass the vibe check for sure. Nope. Uh, we just to be clear, we all agree on that. Crusty vibes. Yeah, yep. yeah. What I what I am thinking is happening is they're giving Frank a breather post the ending of Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run, mm-hmm. and just like. They killed Miss Marvel for one minute and then said, okay, now we're ready for the next thing. <laughs> they said, get the egg. With Kamala Khan, right. Now we're going to, we're probably going to do that with Frank in like another six months. So you think Frank will be back? Yeah. Inevitably as yes. Punisher again. Yeah. With bigger and better guns. 
Looking to mow down folk. See, Punisher, Frank Castle should come back, but like... As a mentor. as the Or as like the man on the wall. Like, bring back mm-hmm. Frank Castle, but don't give him a skull and call him the Punisher. Yeah. Like, he's the guy behind the chair. Yeah. Behind yeah. The, uh, in the chair, behind yeah. the computer. Yeah. Or were you saying literally man on the wall, like replacing, replacing Fury on the moon? Yeah, Fury on the moon. Like, give him a totally different role in the Marvel Universe. Well, that is true because the man on the wall is now gone. Correct. There isn't a man on the wall. Right. Correct. Um, that Nick Fury went through a door, a space door, and was just like, now on to other adventures. Yeah. And current Nick Fury's just like, okay, now I'm going to do other stuff. Time to do spy shit. I think old Nick Fury thought that new Nick Fury was going to stay behind on the moon. <laughs> I think That's so, right. too. He yeah. didn't clarify that, though. <laughs> he probably should have checked before he left and uh, locked the door behind him. And then the watch is like, oh, I'm alone again. Yeah. No friends on the moon. Um, Guess I'll call Frank. (laughs) That's how a Watu sounds. (laughs) Poor He's always talking in third person. Poor Watu. You guys burned my pizza bagels. You know I can't interfere. (laughs) (laughs) I know who's going to win the Kentucky Derby. It's not fun for me. Although I do get to wear a fun hat. God, can you imagine the size of the Watchers? <laughs> can Kentucky the Watcher Derby make a hat him himself cannot doff? <laughs> These are the questions that keep me up at night. I like the idea of Punisher as the man on the wall. And um, let's say you want to do Punisher stuff. I think you do the Garth Ennis style Punisher war zone things. Mm-hmm. That are like, this is flashbacks to his time in Vietnam again. Yeah. Well, and they'll have Garth Ennis come back every five years to do another Punisher yeah. comic. So. Is it is it worth it to Marvel to really devote time to, to figure out the problem with the Punisher? Like, because all these superheroes are in essence doing the same thing, not in the same way. But they're doing their own form of justice and saving the world and trying to do good. The only issue with the Punisher is is he does it in a more realistic way to us humans in the real world. Like he uses real life things that we can go essentially buy at a Walmart. Yeah. I I don't think Marvel changing the essence of the character is going to stop people from putting Punisher stickers on their cars. And I, don't, like, I don't think so either. You know what I mean? I don't think so either. So, Because those stories still exist. But does yeah. that mean Marvel should abandon this character and just tell the story... Instead of just telling the stories more responsibly, maybe? Mm-hmm. Like, I think Marvel has every right... And, you know, Jason Aaron's run had a more thoughtful yeah. Frank Castle and... Um, they found a way to make him part of what was a fist. He was part of the or hand. The hand. He was the hand. The god the, of the hand. And then Daredevil was on the fist. Yeah. God, that was so confusing to me. I will say, as much as I love Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, Volume Two got away from me. Oh, really? <laughs> I was very, uh, now I'm like, I just don't know what's going on anymore. Okay. Oh, how, all, all right. How I'm? I guess you're not reading it, and no, I'm not. don't have any takes. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I, I assumed you were. I super want a Daredevil by Zdarsky Omni. It um, it is coming. Good. They're gonna have to break it into like two of them. 
two of them because it's yeah because there's too like because Devil's Reign's in there. It's like yeah. and, it's like fifty issues, and uh, that might have to be three Omnis. Yeah. Well, I'll buy them. <laughs> Marvel knows. Yeah, <laughs> Marvel knows you will. Yep. Uh, it, okay, go ahead. It was just interesting to me that Marvel is not going to go the Frank Castle route again, but is still just like, we want to use the Punisher. Yeah. And we are, we're not going to reveal who yet, which gives me some indication that it is someone out of the ordinary that can put a new spin on what the Punisher, quote unquote, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's exciting for me. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, before the podcast started, we also um, began chatting about Kamala Khan, mm-hmm. and I said, "Up, up, up! Let's save it for content." Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you people unless there's a microphone in front of my face. Um, we know she's coming back. Yes, um, is she part of a lot of the like taglines and things? Have been like, "Get ready for a new mutant." Hmm. Do we know for sure, is she going to be joining the team, the New Mutants? No, I think she's just, they're they're branding her as the newest mutant. The like, newest mutant, like okay. Like, her book is, Miss Marvel, the New Mutant. Yeah. And so it's just like, I don't think she's joining the, the New Mutants. It'd be cool if she did. Yeah. But the I title think, was confusing to I me. I think they're just saying, she's a mutant now, yeah. and she's the newest one. Okay. <laughs> Welcome. Is there a team... That you would like to see Kamala Khan on? Um, uh, the New Mutants would be cool. Yeah, Hellions would be fun. <laughs> I don't think she's cut out for X Force. <laughs> send, no. send her to Mars and put her on X Men Red. Not really an X Force <laughs> or a Hellions type. I don't think. What about X Corp? <laughs> she's she's in there. <laughs> well, making be, calls. She'd be perfect in X Corp because we know she's like Krakoa is for closers. Oz. She was working at Oscorp before her death. She could go mm-hmm. to another place and work with multiple man. Right. But in the they, mail room, room, work her way up. They kind of shuttered that, didn't they? Yeah. It like, was only a five-issue series. It was a five-issue series. I don't think the en- the corporate entity exists anymore in the storyline. Mm-hmm. That's that, a bummer. That, that was really was intriguing I, for me. I loved that series. Yeah. I is uh, Sword still around? What was that Space X-Men book that was? A- yeah. So Sword is no longer on... It's not going anymore right now abigail brand has been labeled a traitor has been working with orcus and is hmm. on the run and sword has kind of um is in disarray mm-hmm. oh she could be the leader of sword that would be kind of fun she could be the new punisher oh okay all right you <laughs> a- say a- that abigail brand <laughs> oh the punisher that's not a bad idea actually i don't hate it because she's got powers right what are her powers She's psychic. Being able to run shit Irresistible like a charm. Boss. <laughs> a leader's mentality. Super synergy. I think, yeah, she is a mutant, right? Yeah. I don't know what her power is, to be honest. Captivating eyes. Cool green hair. It could just Winning be that, smile? It could just be that it turned her hair green, and that was all she got. Yeah, she's like so bummed. Yeah. Mm, at least I can go through the gates. <laughs> <laughs> at least I get invited to the Hellfire Gala. <laughs> Which that's coming up soon. Yeah, again. Um, is this an annual thing now? It is. Okay. And it happens so fast. Just like the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> well, b- part of the thing is, I think when you're a big comic book fan, it seems like it just ended. 
when it starts again because mm-hmm. we're seeing all the covers and things come through previews and they make this big to-do of announcing the new outfit design which i think is a really fun thing and it's exciting for cosplayers yeah oh yeah for sure um so it seems like a four month long like big to do mm-hmm. <laughs> but w- in reality it's like one month of comics yeah um but i'm always excited for it it's always fun and it's you've got like different random people they throw together and it becomes a little like crime caper at the party yeah they always drop something huge mm-hmm. right it wasn't the they always well they ele- they always elect a new x-men team oh uh, yeah mm-hmm. uh-huh. at every single one and and don't they always have some i mean scarlet witch was killed at the last one yeah and the first one wasn't that when they terraformed mars uh x of swords spun out from no, they Alphog. they announced the concept of oh, okay. terraforming mars at at the gala at the gala yeah. right because didn't what uh no, fuck it i don't know no, i'm talking to my ass <laughs> i don't know what i was gonna say good book um you guys were showing some covers did you guys pre-order the new mutant miss marvel stuff uh, i did the art germ okay yeah yeah i'll probably get the frank quietly homage the do, samney homage do oh shit what was i gonna say about it um did you oh okay so the actress who plays kamala okay yep full circle is Here we going go. to be writing yes one of the comics yep it's it's not the comic, is it? Is I it was a five issue limited. Okay, I know that that she's writing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think it's the new mutant Miss Marvel that's coming out, right? I don't think so. It's a different series. It could be. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, thoughts, <laughs> thoughts on that. Um, part of me's like that's cool, and yeah. then there's another part of me that's like, not everyone's a a comic book writer, mm. but make some adjunct things that are a, a fun side story and like yeah great i i would start to worry if they were like everyone who plays a character because kevin feige like wants more synergy starts writing <laughs> the new writer of captain marvel's the, Brie larson the <laughs> the books and then it's like yeah we got rid of like Kelly Thompson so Brie <laughs> to, Larson to bring Brie Larson writing. in <laughs> like as as long as I think do it in a side story and brava I'm happy with yeah, it like I a backup want, story like DC would, does if Brie Larson wrote a Captain Marvel comic I'd be so intrigued and excited yeah. to see what it turned out like um, and then if um, I'd be more impressed if Brie Larson was drawing a Captain Marvel book yeah if if Chris if Chris Evans wrote a Captain America book, mm-hmm. like that's something that I could probably be like, nah, I don't need that. Or a Human Torch book, or a Human Torch book, right? <laughs> Look, I'm saying I desperately need Jared Leto's Morbius comic. <laughs> he would oblige probably <laughs> too quickly. Uh, I'll say this though, yeah. I think giving those characters because, like you mentioned, Chris Evans Captain America. I think he he specifically and he's a good creative. He yeah, may, he like directs movies and does like cool art house stuff. Well, I'm just he and she, whatever her name is, that plays Miss Marvel. Uh huh. They have a very distinct voice when it comes to those characters. Yeah. 
that I think could work well telling a story through those characters. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, is Benedict Cumberbatch going to make, you know, a really intriguing, creative Doctor Strange comic? You think so? No, I was no. just following. Oh, okay, I was like, I was you were not in your head. Yes, I was like, oh, I was nodding no. along with his point that he yeah. was making. Oh, okay, but I think I think there's a lot of potential there for this Kamala Khan book to be like so, like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, when when it comes to comic book writing. Well, and I the, here's a cool thing about the actress is that she was a fan of this character before she was cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she dressed up as this character for Halloween one year before she was cast. Right. Um is all given that you already know she's kind of like a nerd and mm-hmm. feels that she's got things in common with that character. So I I do think that's pretty pretty cool. And you synergy. know Marvel's going to be someone's going to be holding her hand helping yes. her craft oh, the story. She's sure. like yeah. co-writing like, it. Yeah. Um and though I guess the the last thing I'll say is, you know, don't judge a creator based on the fact that they got something started with Fergie a while back. Because as we've <laughs> yep. learned, yep. that those specific people can write a comic book and yes. write it well. 100%. Don't Talking ju- about taboo. Don't, don't judge a book by its taboo. Right. I learned very quickly. <laughs> um, okay, SDCC going on this week. Uh-huh. Yes, and like every year, we have our show too early to have any major drops. <laughs> but I will say, this is the first year... I've noticed a big difference in availability of things because so many creators are on whatnot or have some sort of whatnot collaboration deal going Right, that they're doing sales of exclusives uh, ahead of time and doing remarks and, and stuff. They sell for every, every, like Stan Sakai did one yesterday and it was a little too rich for my blood and Merca and Dolfo was doing one like as we were starting this. And again, a little rich for my blood. And that was a sketch? That um... She was doing a sketch cover, but they also do the storefronts that are like filled with like prints you can only buy at the convention yeah. otherwise. And, you know, they don't go up on other storefronts, but you can buy them through the app from the people what, remotely. What I haven't seen yet that I'd really like is one of those uh, distillery Devil's Cut exclusives. Yeah, because those look really. What do they look like? Uh, So they've got two. Uh One of them, the the normal, is like a the their logo. It's like yellow background with Mm -hmm. a big pink D. Mm -hmm. Those are for sale. Well, they are. Yeah. Okay. Well, the the other one I saw (laughs) is we're going to pause the show real quick and make some purchases. Vargas is going to order one. The other one I saw is a gold foil. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the D, but it's black and gold. Yeah. And that looks sick. And I really want one. Rabbit Comics sells them. Aha. Shout out to Rabbit Sold Comics. Sold out, sorry. <laughs> 120. Whoa. Oh, oh, 100 bucks for the regular boy. Hachi machi. That's um Is it graded? Nope. Add to cart. 100 bucks SDCC. <laughs> no thanks. Add 50 bucks for CGC grading. Have mercy. Not a chance. Yeah, that's way too expensive. Well, they got to pay the bills somehow, and <laughs> that's one of them. I doubt that they're selling those for a hundred bucks at the con, right? There's no, no way. No, they were selling like, um, a bundle of like several things for 
100 bucks. I think the pink one was 30 and then the gold one was 50. <sighs> they might have raised the prices of these actually cuz I feel like I got on, I was on this site the other day and they were the normal prices. I did buy this. Um, oh, that's cool. Which is the Devil's Cut. The Danny variant. Danny variant, which is still available, and there's only 350 copies. Yeah, that's a good one. So that's not a bad price. And I'm a huge Danny fan, and I think the distillery crew is really cool. Is this fun? We're shopping online while we're on yeah. our podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> this is what we've uh, turned into. <laughs> Shop with us. Um, speaking of shopping with us, um, maybe this is more Patreon content, um, but I'll go ahead and do it now. There is a page up on Cadence, and I'm going to have to make this decision um, before we post this if I want to buy it. <laughs> Someone's just going to snake in yeah. and get it from you? They just posted a bunch of Tool of the Toy stuff. Yes, they did. And a lot. There are some pages that are pretty reasonably priced oh those all from barn burners yes yeah nice they're cheaper because i think she started them digitally and then she went over them with pencils and paint and stuff and then scanned them in again and used them elsewhere so they're not like they're not technically published pages but parts of them are used yeah, sure. Throughout the comic book, if that makes sense. They're still too expensive they're, for me. They're more mm-hmm. like production art. Oh, I see what you mean. I was thinking about getting this one. Yeah, that uh, looks great. Amelia Earhart. It's not um, one big unbroken panel, but it's two big, huge frames um, on an 11 by 17. And I love her. Uh-huh. I think she's such a good artist. It would be really cool to have something of hers that, you know, I think the, I think the chance to get Tula the Toy original art for around 300 bucks is extremely rare. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. And so I kind of feel like this is my chance to do it if I wanted to. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, you're not going to get anyone in this room telling you not to buy that. Okay. Yeah, I feel like I needed a little bit of confirmation on like, yes, this was a good decision. Oh, did you guys see that... Um... Robert Kirkman and James Tunyon have secured like universal monsters for Skybound. Yes. <laughs> so like J- James Tunyon is writing a Dracula comic book yeah. on Skybound. Uh-huh. And um when you say secured, like they got the licensing, the comic book through rights. Skybound. How on earth are those not public domain? Because you need, they keep, you need the licensing because, for that? Well, because yeah. Universal keeps putting out movies every Correct. five or six years to keep the licensing so, within their hands. So here's the difference. When was the last time you saw a Dracula thing? So here's the difference. Okay. There's a difference between the book version of Dracula uh-huh. and the Universal movie version of Dracula. Okay. Yeah. So Those two could, copyrights are distinct. So I could write a comic book and publish it myself right now with a vampire named dracula if you if you titled it like brom stroker's dracula maybe Mm -hmm. maybe you can't be like universal studios dracula but that do that that's crazy i tried it and i got sued out the ass (laughs) 
But that also depends on like if Universal does own the rights to Dracula from the Stroker estates. I I only know this because that's how Nosferatu yeah got the, made right. They wanted to make a Dracula movie, but the Stoker estate wouldn't license the rights to them. Here's what you do. But that was way back when Bram Stoker... 1930s. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Like, it wasn't old enough yet to be public domain. Now all those things have to be public domain. No. Because... I don't understand. Because Disney has fucked with our copyright laws so much that, like, the copyright expires something like 70 years after the death of the author, but then gets re-upped, like, basically every time you make something involving that character Mm -hmm. so like they made whatever it was dracula untold in 2006 or whatever the last dracula thing was yeah that re-ups the copyright for another whatever 15 or years or something that's why vin diesel will just keep making fast and furious movies because he doesn't (laughs) want the Wanted to go to public domain. He doesn't want you to write a, a comic book about family. I know I see Drac. I know I see the name Dracula in tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the 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 character Dracula, I don't think is copywritten, but within the world of yeah, the the character Dracula, it's like like Winnie the Pooh, right? Yeah. Winnie the Pooh is in public domain, yes. but if you put him in a red shirt, Disney owns that copyright, right? There's certain things you can't do. Okay, got it. Like, you know how Calvin pees on stuff on, like, those stickers on trucks or whatever? There has to be 30 differences between <laughs> right. that and the Calvin and Hobbes strip to to get around all the legal loopholes. Yeah, exactly. What you can do is, so vampires aren't copywritten, right? right? So, you write a book about a blood-sucking dentist named <laughs> Dr. Acula. Yeah, yeah. You get around it. There you go. Technically, if you look at it on the page, you can name him Dracula. Yeah, Doctor Dracula. If you right, want. Marvel Comics has a Dracula. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Vampire Hunter D. I think even has a Drac. Like everything has a Dracula. Correct. In. You just can't be. You can't the Universal's version of. Dracula. Yeah, you can't, you can't look make, like the Universal Dracula. He can't look like Bela Lugosi. He can't have the slick back hair. <laughs> kind of chunky for some reason. Yeah, right. That seems like a ridiculous thing to like secure the rights to. But it's an easy way to sue people when they fucking break it. I mean, you're gonna read it though. And what's exciting what's exciting to me is that not only do you have Dracula, mm-hmm. but you've got Wolfman, Frankenstein, Invisible. Cre- Invisible Man, and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. That you can get all comics out of. And then Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Frankenstein. Bride of Sea Creature. <laughs> Bride of Invisible Man. And then you get all of the uh the crossover potential, mm-hmm. right? I could care. House of Slaughter versus Dracula. Yes. Dude, now you're talking. Chu versus Invisible Man. <laughs> this is so stupid. Battle me. Chasers. Why is it stupid to you? It's like they, now they can make now the, they can make horror comics. You don't need the right. Now they can make horror comics. They can make them before with an invisible person. But now they can tell. Why the, do you care that it's Universal's Invisible Man? Because people care about that. Because stuff. people like that's a I think it's a healthy license to get. Like, I think people just search that stuff out. Eighty-year-old men, no. that are comic nerds, maybe, maybe care about. Just that. like there's I Disney adults, there are universal. You drastically underestimate goths. the 
cultural impact of the Universal Monsters, my friend. Come on, come come to bat. We got fastballs all day. Just the idea that you would read this story that could be told just the same without the licensing. Mm -hmm. That you'd be reading it and just being like, I'm so glad they have the license. They're doing this with every intention of it being the guy from the movie (laughs) that was made in the 1930s. Yeah. Like... That like that's important to people. Uh, that cannot be that important to people. You're a comic book fan. How do you not get this? I just don't understand it with characters that old. When you could just make a new invisible guy, and just like <laughs> call it something else, invisible sir. You call it Hollow Man, and it starred Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Great movie, by the way. <laughs> I like it better. That's the uh, less corny name than the Invisible Man. Take that, H.G. Wells. You that fucking will show idiot. You. <laughs> Um, right, so I think that's all the news we have. Yeah. After Mike has successfully shit all over the Universal property. <laughs> Let's get this podcast started. Do you remember when we used that's to do that? That's a callback from like <laughs> pre-100 episodes. We used to talk for 35 minutes and then say, let's start the podcast. Yeah, and then we had weird music doing it and that bam, music bam, was wobbly sick. voices. Bam, bam. Yeah, thank you. We were told that segments were important. Yeah, we used to have, and, a, we used to have a producer. And maybe, the, maybe they are. Um, but we've we've since ab- abandoned, a produce, abandoned a producer and abandoned segments altogether. Abandoned any kind of regiment mm-hmm. or... So big apologies to you if you missed the uh, 10 second ditties three times in our episode. Also, the landscaping of podcasting has changed as well. Oh, that is true. I mean, if you get down to it, <laughs> what did you guys read this week? I read um, that, oh shit, what's the name of that Emma Kubert book that came out like a month or so ago? Oh, Ink Heart or something? Or, or... It was Heart. Heart something. Uh, it's about a gal that's um goes to like a little town to become a, a blacksmith and she like kicks ass at it and uh starts to realize over the course of it that she was like a once powerful paladin who had been oh, like nice. um banished and what they do when they banish like powerful paladins is they more or less wipe their memory and make them think that they're just, like, normal people living normal life somewhere. So they're not, like, unleashing chaos. But she's starting to get hints that she has, like, otherworldly power. And other people witness her talent and are starting to be like, okay, we're taking note of this person. They may be more than um, we think. Or we might recognize them as someone who's been an outcast and they're valuable to us. So this is a fantasy book. It's an extreme fantasy book. It's written by someone. I think Emma Kubert is probably a huge fantasy nerd because every like few pages she'll like in a box in the bottom, she'll be like, you know, in this world, like this sect of people like comes from, you know, this area and has this sort of responsibility. A lot of world building. A lot of, like, world building stuff that you would get in old, like, L. Ron Hubbard books where yeah. it's just, like, the footnotes are, like, longer than <laughs> the yeah. paragraph on the page. That's yeah. not the case in the Emma Kubert book, but it's that style of thing from, like, you know, 50s and 60s yeah. 
fantasy books that are just like so intense with rationale for everything. Okay. Because when you started saying this, I was picturing like a person now going to a town to become a blacksmith. This is like medieval times, creatures and stuff. Yeah. Um, And what was it called? Did we ever? Were you looking it up, Greg? No. You've been staring at your phone this entire time, completely disengaged, Sorry. Well, not helping out. That's not correct. What have you been doing then? I've been researching the Mark Millar stuff I need to know for my book that I'm going to talk about next. Is big, it big, big, big job? Big game. Big, big game. Hang on. I'm doing CLZ. Um, I also read Rocket Man and Rocket Girl. Rocket Man was a dynamite book that came out a mm-hmm. couple months ago too. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, they look like superhero Ronald McDonald's. Their their outfits oh, yeah. are like so yeah. bright yellow and red. <laughs> and just because of the whoever the cover artist was, um, drew, the way they depicted them, they looked very like anime. And so I assumed that this was like. And they've got like jetpacks on. They're like ro- little rocketeers. Yeah. And so I just assumed that they were like Astro Boy inspired, like Japanese manga style characters, but they really are like rocketeer types. And I don't know if they're an older property that Dynamite got its hands on or anything, but it really reads like that. It reads like early rocketeer era stuff. No. Oh. Now Greg is like paying too much attention because I gave you shit about. <laughs> I'm like making like, full on eye contact, you're like staring lasers yeah. into my soul. Oh, uh-huh. well, yeah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I'm following. Yeah, I'm on every word. Yeah, um, but they. The premise of the book is that they stop a bank robbery, and later the FBI comes, finds out where they live, their identities, comes to their apartment, and is like, "You guys." Stopped a bank robbery, returned a million dollars, but the bank records show that two million were stolen. Oh, where's the other million? Okay, <laughs> and they're saying they didn't do it. They leave it kind of like ambiguous for a while whether or not you know the situation. But um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Anything else kind of spoils it. But that sounds pretty fun. It was a great premise. I for how cartoony and silly I thought this was based on their costume designs uh-huh. and and you thought it was like something completely different just from the I cover. thought it was something so different and it was like a kind of an interesting noir style book but with like hokey rocketeer type characters that live in the city right I like it when companies take old like pulp era comic characters and, yeah and put them in a a more modern situation that's always fun yeah the emma kubert book was stoneheart that's the cover wow that's dope really nice cover that looks great it's a really cool cover the um right the interiors are very much like quick pencil drawings okay with like um the, the first part of it, it looks like very unfinished but then you later find out that that's a flashback. Got it. <laughs> and then the rest of it fills in with color more and is a little more vibrant and, and fun to watch. It, it is a loose, unfinished style of art, which I think might um, 
dissuade some people sure. from it. But I thought that the story was pretty cool. Obviously, she comes from a long line of uh, good storytellers. So. Oh, so she's a Kubert Kubert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's, mean, well, she's of the Kubert family. Yeah, she is. Okay. Yep. That's cool. Good honor. Yeah. That's what I read. Uh, she did that one about the cat. Inkblot. Inkblot. Yeah. That book was cool. Yep. I don't know. Did it not have dialogue? I can't remember the gist it of it. It did have dialogue. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was minimal. I remember listening to that episode of First Issue Club. Uh, right. Just sitting there we, thinking, man, one day I'd like to be on that show. Those guys are so cool. That got heated a little because uh, the Budget King, who was uh, <laughs> a live wire. That seems so stupid to say now. Was a member of the one of the First Issue Club co-hosts mm-hmm. was was named the Budget King, and he um, didn't like that book. And we kind of got into this conversation about whether or not Emma Kubert is a nepo baby. I guess a nepo baby of comics. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked it, uh, so it got yeah. a little heated. I think whenever children of iconic creators whether it be comic books music or whatever that discussion does start to begin of just like well they're only making this album or writing this comic because you know their father was right, right. such and such and mm-hmm. so um but for the most part i mean and most of those kids have been living and breathing the industry so they yeah. know more than than we give them credit for yeah sure. but i i remember like an ink plot too so yeah uh, Mike can suck it. <laughs> anyway, I read from Image Comics, Big Game from Mark Millar and Pepe Larraz. This is the culmination of every book that Mark Millar has put out on Millar World. Yeah, this is like this is his epic, crossover, the right? epic crossover of Wanted, Prodigy, Huck, Empress. Kick-ass. Like, Kick-ass. Ambassadors, all of it. Huh? Yeah. And it is so fun to watch unfold on paper. It is so cool. And if and- you're fans of this these franchises, to see like Kick-Ass show up uh, and like he's writing a note to the ambassadors of how he wanted to be on the ambassadors and you're just like, holy shit, like has he been planning this since Wanted? No, but I mean, it's kind of cool. What blew me away, I haven't read it yet. Is this like a novelty one-shot thing? No. It's uh-uh. a five-issue limited. Wow. That's that's what blew me away. Yeah. Is it like, what story is he going to tell with all these properties in five issues? <laughs> Something crazy. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. just so much material to cover. Yeah. Right. I mean, you get like Magic Order. You have yeah. Huck. You have, you know, uh, so many other things that he's written over the... 20 years Millar World's been a thing. Yeah. Are the Chrononauts going to show up? Like, <laughs> it could be. So, the issue one definitely uh, hooked me from the beginning. So, I'm excited to see where Big Game goes. Awesome. What's the premise? Um, so, the all the bad guys had teamed up and killed all the superheroes. Oh. Like in 1986. Okay. Um, and now superheroes are popping up again. Okay. Um, either by time travel or like aliens coming to this planet are just like, oh, I can help out and stuff. And so the villains get together again of just like, 
listen, God damn it. We already did this once. We have to do this again. Yeah. And um, they go into this whole dialogue about how they have been controlling like famine and like elections and stuff like like they're just like this is like a league of legion of doom yeah times a million just like we cannot let this unravel we have spent too much time making this shit work out okay and so um uh, nemesis shows up uh-huh and he's part of it and he's like who the fuck do i have to kill and they're just like uh, everyone we have to kill every good guy again <laughs> And so, like, uh, Prodi- you remember that book, Prodigy? Uh-huh. He, he shows up. The world's smartest man. Yep. Um, and then uh, Kick-Ass shows up. Magic Order is alluded to. Yeah. There's, like, a bunch of stuff. They're just like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that, too. And you're just like, they've done everything. <laughs> like, everything's mentioned in here. That's wild. And yeah. so the next five is- issues are going to be just chock full of Easter eggs. I wonder if the more bizarre ones that take place in, like, space or other timelines will find their way in i don't know like thinking like what was the one he did with greg capullo uh reborn 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 that's alluded to because so like is it really they actually gave like a reading order of just like here's where you start to follow the story oh cool and like reborn's on there huck is on there uh, King of Spies, Nightclub, Starlight, like books. Oh, Chrononauts are on there. Like uh, every Wild. book you think. Is Sharky the Bounty Hunter on there? Uh, oh, that one was like a com, like a goofy, silly comedy. He is. Book. He's right there. Yeah. Yep, right there. <laughs> Funny. Kingsman. So that's why American Jesus, like. Every, Whoa, American Jesus! Like every book, they're like, "That's funny." Like, read these books, and like you'll yeah. just have a have a great time. That's wild. And so I I didn't know what to expect because they they hid everything about what big game was. Right. Mark Millar was just like, "Listen, he said it was going to be a big crossover." That's the only thing. Right. I knew he's like, about he's it. like, "Listen, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm uh, just know that it's a crossover, and just come prepared." Yeah. And I picked it on a lark. Read number one. I was like. Holy shit, (laughs) this is awesome. And I know we always pop DC and Marvel for doing the same thing, but this feels different. Like all these indie things that are uniquely Mark Millar. Right. And so you're just like, this is kind of badass. And and they're also disparate too, which is kind of what Mm -hmm. is like, it's almost like a morbid curiosity for me. Like, how are you going to make this into one story? Right. It's like, are you putting tuna in that peanut butter sandwich? And you're just like, yeah. And like, are you rolling it in a pizza? Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, okay. I kind of want to try it. It looks gross, but let's go. Yeah. I bought the B covers for almost all of Huck. Oh, I love... Isn't it like the Forrest Gump one or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're all like movie poster homages. Yeah. Huck was so fun. Such a great series. So that was one of the books I read. Wild. Yeah, I kept seeing everywhere that this is like, you know, I didn't know how much hype it was, but it's like, oh, this is going to be the book of the week, you know, pick this up, whatever. And it's it like, wasn't even on my radar. That's funny. Uh, was it, a, how big was it? A standard. It Maybe a little bit bigger, but yeah. it wasn't anything like Yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a 64. Or yeah. <laughs> You're like, Jesus Christ, am I still reading this? <laughs> I also read uh, Blade, Mother of Evil by Brian Hill and Alana Casagrande. Hell yeah. Um, ruled. It was cool. It was actually really, really cool. Um, Blade is sent on a mission to save this young woman, and shit goes sideways. Vampires and werewolves are involved. 
Yeah. And then a woman gets her head cuts off. Her woman gets her head cut off and still talks. <laughs> so you connect the dots, folks. Yeah, that book was awesome. It was really it. cool. Uh, I'm excited to see more Blade is, shit. How did it feel in regard to like Blade more recently being more entangled in the larger MCU? Did this feel very like... This felt like Wesley Snipes' Blade. Okay. Like yeah. he had a saunter about him. I'm just like, this dude's got fucking swagger. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. This Blade rules. Because <laughs> I think, you know, you there was a while there where you're just like, Blade st- comics are kind of divorced from the rest of this stuff. Yeah. And then every once in a while, you might be like, oh, here's a fun issue where Spider-Man shows yeah. up. But for the most part, they were like it's very separate. separate. Yeah, like Captain America didn't show up in this. Yeah. And it was just like, hello, Blade. Yeah. But I <laughs> Please feel, join the Avengers. I do feel like they, yeah, they made an effort to like make him a part of like big team-ups and things recently. Uh, yeah, I mean, he joined the Avengers. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. He was a member of the Avengers. Um, I liked that it felt like blade had like a presence about him like yeah like the, he's hired by this whatever head werewolf or something mm-hmm. and it really felt like this dude went to blade because it's like i have no other options and i know this dude's gonna get the job done mm-hmm. and that's very cool to me to see yeah to see blade as somebody who's not like like the A team where he's like underground and like nobody knows who he is mm-hmm. and he's like helping people. Uh but it's almost the exact opposite where he's like, everybody knows if Blade's coming for you, you're gonna get fucked up. Yeah. It was awesome. I loved this book. Yeah, it was it was um it's it was hard to see it I mean it, to see it done like this, like every page, like Blade has this like aura to him and like his like you could feel the presence of like Brian Hill in there just like, you know, Blade's this thing. He's yeah. not an, an Avenger. He's not like on a team. Blade is in the alleyways in the dark parts of this universe yeah. doing his own fucking thing. Right. Like he doesn't give a shit about Eternals or, you know, <laughs> extraterrestrial invasion. Like he's got his vampire stuff he has to figure out and the werewolves. Like he has to figure that out so you guys don't have to worry about it. Right. And that was so cool where this book was coming from of just like, it It really, I, I love it when Marvel Comics explore like the underbelly and the seedier parts of this world yeah, that don't get explored. For sure. And I think Brian Hill is going to go headstrong into it because this woman cuts her face off and rips her skin Yeah, at the end of the book. And I was like, holy shit. Like, this book is so stupid in, in that it bleeped out a curse word, but then we saw a woman rip her flesh off. <laughs> Yeah. And I was just like, Marvel, you pick a lane. Right. Like, we can't have one one and, uh, like, not the other. Like, yeah. w- if we're grown up to see that, uh, a flesh being ripped off of uh, of bone, I can see a cuss. Yeah. I'll send you the extra 60 cents to print the max label. Mm-hmm. On the- <laughs> yeah, just so I can see shit <laughs> yeah. or fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this book was absolutely ripped. I mm-hmm. loved it. And I hope this is an ongoing same. I th- I think to do an ongoing Blade series is, is simple. Yeah. It's it's an easy thing to do. For sure. So um, I don't see why Marvel couldn't make this an ongoing. Yep. Loved it. I love Elena Casagrande. She is amazing. Um, And there's a handful of Brian Hill books I've read and really liked. He wrote a book called The Chariot that was like an indie book about a car race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll have to read this. I'm sure I pre-ordered this. I just haven't gotten it yet. 
and like yeah, the last we saw Blade, he was the chi- the sheriff of Chernobyl. Yeah, which vampire we co- town. We covered that a few episodes back. What a cool concept. Yeah. Um, and this yeah, book- radiation doesn't affect vampires. Is yep. that, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. the and idea. they can heal differently. Yeah, yeah. And this book definitely like launches off from that with Blade having that kind of presence mm-hmm. about him. He's got that swagger. He knows who he is. Everybody around him knows who he is. Mm-hmm. It was just awesome. I loved I loved the way Brian Hill put Blade's voice in his mouth. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying. Sick book. Sick. Varg. Did you read anything else? Uh yes, to no one's surprise I read Moon Knight City of the Dead. <laughs> oh, that's right. How was it? Uh it was great. Tons of fun. Um, David Pepos absolutely knocked it out of the park. He totally gets Moon Knight's whole thing. Um, the art was absolutely incredible without going like too over the top. So mm-hmm. the premise of the book, Moon Knight is out and about, and he finds this kid who's getting attacked by this this gang called the Jackals that worship Anubis. The Egyptian mm. god of the dead. Makes sense. And the kid is killed, but brought back. He was dead for five seconds. Uh, Hunter's moon brings him back. And Moon Knight has to go to the Egyptian city of the dead to retrieve the kid's soul. Oh. And bring him back to life. Okay. So while he's while Moon Knight is in the city of the dead... Mm-hmm. He fights the jackals that he just killed while saving this kid. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's cool. And they, during the fight, like, because the city is all like psycho, whatever, like, meta, you know, metaphysical mm-hmm. in Moon Knight's head. Mm-hmm. So they fight and they're traveling backwards through Moon Knight's history. Oh. And there's a great page where Moon Knight gets punched in the face and. The pain, the comic panels are cracked, and you see all these like moments in Moon Knight history. Oh, whoa! And he lands in in the last mission he did with Layla, who is the Scarlet okay. Scarab, because this is her first appearance as Scarlet Scarab. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how she shows up in the book, helping out Moon Knight as he's fighting these jackal gang members so do we get like an origin story for her in this that was kind of what moon knight 25 was okay because mm-hmm. that was set 30 years yeah something in the past like that. or whatever but she doesn't become the scarlet scarab in that issue correct right? correct this was the moon knight 25 was like her human like origin story in relation to mark specter okay this tells you like who she is because she's still the avatar of Tuaret, okay, or whoever the the protector of the Duat, right? The city of the dead. Yeah, I'm assuming that issue two, she will give us exposition on her like how superhero that character. Backstory. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, that's what I thought we were going to get from this issue was like all kinds of exposition on how she took the mantle of Scarlet Scarab. None of that. Okay. Um, we're thrown right in. Thrown right in. Uh. This is a five-issue limited, and I think David Pepos is great working under those kinds of constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the stuff he did with, like, Scout's Honor and yes. the OZ. The OZ, yeah. Um, 
he he knows how to get story across without just like filling a page full of text. Yeah. So I loved this book. Um, regardless of the fact that it was a moon night, you know, I'm kind of biased, but <laughs> it was awesome. It was really, really great. All right, right on. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty telling that Marvel is invested in Pepos because he is just gaining more and more work over there. Yeah, and with more heavy hitting characters, so I'm very excited to see where he goes after all this. Yep. Um. Wouldn't surprise me if he gets a pretty hefty ongoing series. I I said it when uh, Scout's Honor came out. I said the the event that Marvel lets David Pepos do mm-hmm. is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. No, uh, truly, <laughs> and like he did, uh, he even had a kind of a mini event with the Savage Avengers stuff. Yeah, and like he did fantastic. Yep. So, proven writer, uh, you know, can write the absolute shit out of a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> really good structure. Uh, well, I believe that's all the books. That's all I had. That's every comic ever. Every comic ever. Uh, you're probably wondering, uh, hey, First Issue Club, you didn't cover any DC stuff. Because it's all fucking Night Terrors. Yeah. And and I didn't read Hot Girl. And I'm not rich. I read, I read Hot Girl. It was... Uh, a lot. It was good. A lot of exposition, and I, I will be the first to admit, I do not get Hawkman. I do not get Hawk Girl. It is a confusing. Well, they're people, and they have back wings. history. <laughs> it is. If it was just that, <laughs> oh baby, I would be in heaven. <laughs> but it isn't. Um, but it was that. That was actually the standout book for DC this week was yeah. the Hawk Girl stuff. So go check that out. Uh, I'm not rich enough to avoid Night Terrors, so yeah, same. Skipped it. Skip it up. I bought the books for the issue for the ongoings that I normally read. Mm-hmm. So I bought some of the big event books, and then Night Terrors, Batman, Night Terrors, Catwoman. Night yeah, but Terrors. it doesn't have, doesn't have the same numbering. No. Okay, you just want to. I just I didn't know what the deal was. Like if this was gonna pick up like in continuity, and just be like, oh, like. There was scarecrow gas, like so. Okay, so thro- I re- throughout like Gotham and and the you know America. So like Superman is having. I'm buying action comics right now, so I bought the like Superman uh, Night Terrors stuff. Do you want to know the tea on what Night Terrors is? Because I read Night Terrors one. Okay, yeah. So a new villain has emerged. Yes. Um, and he, his name is Super Batman. His name is Sleepy. Uh, he is uh, this villain is on the hunt for like the Nightmare Stone, which basically will give him godlike powers to be the god of nightmares. So, the whole Earth right now is asleep, except for people that can't sleep, like Red Tornado because he's an android, and Dead Man because he's dead. Dead. So right now, Dead Man is currently piloting Batman's body like fucking Voltron. Okay, cool. And he's trying to figure out who this new villain is. Come on, this is cool, right? I I don't I don't hate this idea. I actually think it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Does it warrant fifty five fucking yeah, different that's books? A, that's a lot of uh, comics. Nope. Yeah. I'll probably get Night Terrors one through five because mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. 
I learned my lessons with metal and death metal. Yeah, I was going to say, I bought <laughs> all of those. That was cool. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. And so, I mean, the book is basically just like this new villain fucking with heroes and villains. Yeah brains while they're asleep like the joker one his nightmare is he has a normal job <laughs> he works cool. in like uh like a computer like Wayne data Corp or whatever yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. so it's fun and campy i love this idea i dc in my opinion does ev- events way better than marvel i i will agree and here's why dc has paused every other ongoing book yes while right? this is happening they Brilliant. Which allows you to afford it. <laughs> Brilliant. Or just skip it and not miss anything. Sure. Yeah. You guys are insane. Marvel has Civil War, War of the Realms, Secret Wars. Yeah. Those are all way better than Name a Crisis. I'm just saying this for... is Patreon content. You're 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 also naming like events that took place like several years ago. And also good events. <laughs> <laughs> Empire. <laughs> Didn't hear Empire in there. <laughs> um, I would say lately, mm-hmm. when we if we did a one-to-one, which maybe this is worth doing on the Patreon sometime, is like, this was a DC event. What was the closest Marvel event? Oh, for and, sure. And then we go back like... Yeah, I dig that. We go back like five years and say, which one of the two was better? Mm-hmm. I'm betting you anything that... Battle of the events. That... DC wins the battle of the events by like, you know, seven out of ten. Wow, events. someone's I'll ta- I'll someone's forgetting bet. event uh, Leviathan. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I nope. I'm gonna, I'm doing this now. The research has begun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to hear it, go to Patreon.com/slash First Issue Club. We'll be over there. Uh, not talking about that currently. We will in a couple we weeks because we just some, had the idea. Yeah, we have to do some prep. But we got other stuff we're gonna be talking about. Sneak preview. I thought Leviathan was kind of cool. You thought. Okay. Tune in this week to hear us yell at Mike D. <laughs> did you guys read Leviathan? Kind of guessing you didn't. The Superman book Leviathan thing? Yes. Okay. Are we? Is there a different one? We'll go to Patreon and we'll talk about it. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club and check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.